0: Father, we invite you to arise, Lord God. Father, come into our midst, we pray, and do awesome and great things for your people today. Lord, as we open your Bibles today, what an exciting portion of Scripture we're looking at today. Father, today we're trusting you to break down the walls of besiegement, Lord, that are keeping us captive. Those walls that the enemy has constructed around our hearts, our minds, and our lives, Father, that are starving us spiritually. Lord, break them down today. And set your children free. Father, today we trust you to meet every need above and beyond, Father. Lord, you're a good, mighty, and awesome God. And we give you all the praise and glory. For in Jesus' name we pray these things. And together we all would say, Amen. You may be seated this morning. Praise the Lord. I'm a little, little ashamed to admit this, but I turned my heater on just for a little bit driving in this morning. Just enough to get the chill out. You know, maybe about a block, but it was awesome. It was great. It was awesome, awesome, awesome. We're studying our way through the Word of God. We're in the Old Testament book of Second Kings, and we've made it up to chapter... Uh, actually, we're going to look at chapter 7. We'll review a little bit in chapter 6. Uh, because, you know, as we're studying our, the way through it, it's a continual history lesson and and scripture lesson and everything but last week and this week is really a two-parter I mean sometimes we can go through the Bible and there's a definite pause and 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 stopping place and then continue but last week we we ended on a real cliffhanger and we'll review that just in a a second but as you're opening your Bibles to today's text I just wanted to uh, make another uh Couple quick announcements, and that is that we are looking to expand and add to the worship team. If you are a singer, a good singer, at least at McGuire's out, you know, uh, or a musician playing an instrument, we would love to have you uh, worship with us. Talk to uh, Rob or myself, we'll, we'll get you fixed up. And also, in the men's study that starts next week, it's going to be a great study. It's entitled Sleeping Giants with. uh... No God with no men of no move of God with no men of God, and I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, the study books are $15. Uh, and if that's an issue or problem for you, if you'd like to be part of the study and and uh, can't, it would be a little bit of a burden to buy the book. Come anyway. We have someone who stepped up and is willing to to sponsor and buy some books. Uh, I haven't told him yet. Mark. Um, no, I'm kidding because they right. No, we had someone step up to, to buy some books. So, fellas, if you'd like to be part of that study and and any any ministry issue we have here at the church, whether it be for the children, the adults or whatever, uh, never let money be an issue. God will always work things out. OK, just be part of what's happening. All right. That was all my little announcements. You guys got your Bibles open to bring you up to where we are in Chapter seven. You will recall that the Syrian armies uh, have been coming against Israel have been coming against their capital city they've been fighting in in all this stuff for years and we saw that that through the prophet Elisha God had had told Elisha what the enemy's plans were and Elisha would tell the king and then the plans would fall through and all this stuff was happening we saw that at one time uh, uh, Elisha spoke and struck the the soldiers blind, remember, and he led them into the capital city, and they all freaked out. But they fed them and turned them loose, and that kind of settled things down for a little while. Well, now we're a few years uh, in the future, and things have started up again. And we saw last week that the Syrian army, in their campaign, had surrounded uh, Israel and have. Put them under this besiegement. They cut off all of their resources going in or people coming out. And how many of you know that in our spiritual life, the enemy of our souls wants to besiege our life, wants to set up these these things that will stop us from receiving from God or giving to God. Can I get an Amen? Oh, I'm feeling I'm feeling Pentecostal today, you guys. So so be, be ready. This is such an exciting study. But you'll recall things had gotten so bad for Israel and uh, mo- money was tight, food was almost gone, that they were, they were living upon donkeys' heads and, and dove don- dung. That's, that's not a happy meal, right? And things were very, very serious. We saw that the king was being more superstitious than a faithful man. He was wearing sackcloth, but underneath his robes. Right. A lot of people play the religion game. You know, when things are tight, when things are troubled, when I'm feeling the pressure, then I'll go to God. You know, I'll wear a cross just because you wear a cross doesn't mean you're a Christian. Right. Now, I don't want to offend people that are cross wearers. crosses are beautiful. But but don't put your your hope in beads. And just like these women that that sacrificed their child to eat, they came to the king and. Now, I'm not picking on any religion or anything like that, but the king was wearing these robes and the king says, I can't help you. If your spiritual leader wears dresses and robes, they can't help you. It's God. And he said, unless God does something, you're not going to be helped. And we saw the sad, sad story of the two mothers, the one who gave up her child. They boiled the baby and ate the baby. And we saw that she was mad, not because she lost her baby, but because she couldn't eat again. Now, that's a sad, sad situation. Then we saw the king get so mad. And like a lot of people, uh, he blamed the man of God. He blamed the preacher. How many of you know that it's always the preacher's fault? So instead of going to the man of God and saying, what does God want us to do to break this famine, to break, break the enemy's hold on us, he goes to kill the man of God. Well, that doesn't work. And that brings us up to chapter 7. Now, if, if, um, if you weren't here last week, go in our archives, you can catch up to it because you really need to hear all of that to make all this look sense. But chapter 7 is really the good part. This is the victory part. We're going to learn a lot of things of how we can get victory in our life and learn a lot of lessons. So I've entitled today's lesson: uh, Are you sitting back or stepping forward? Are you sitting back or stepping forward? We're going to see how to step forward in faith today. How to get victory. And how many of you know that God is more awesome than we could ever imagine? So Syria's blocked off their supplies, just like the enemy tries to to choke us out, choke us to death spiritually. This is what's happening. It says in verse 1 of chapter 7. Elisha says. Now they finally are listening to the man of God. And. um, I, I was going to read verses 1 and 2. But I don't think I can get through verse 1 without stopping. Check this out. Elisha says. Here's the first thing he says when there was trouble. First thing you need to hear and understand when there's trouble in your life. When you're feeling besieged in your life whether it's a physical need whether it's a financial need whether it's a spiritual need no matter what it is here's the first and most important step the man of God says hear the word of the Lord now remember to hear the word of the Lord means more than just noise going around inside of your head right what to hear the word of the Lord means biblically is two things receive it and believe it. Elisha is saying now, I don't want to just talk to talk. But you listen and pay attention to what God says. Friends, I can't emphasize this enough of how important that is for us as believers. We need to be men and women of the word of God. A lot of people. Have you ever had someone who's not a Christian tell you, oh, I read the Bible? It didn't make any sense. I don't know. What? Well, duh. You, I, I'm not going to talk Hebrew because I was going to say something in Hebrew. No, the unregenerated mind can't understand the things of God. And when we listen to God, we need to listen with the expectation of hearing what God says, receiving it. How do we receive the word of God to receive the word of God is to obey the word of God, to act upon the word of God, right, and believe that it will happen. Friends, we have such such amazing potential between the covers of our Bible if we would just be people of God. So he says the first thing, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow, circle that word tomorrow, tomorrow about this time, a sheath of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel. Man, that's next to nothing. And two sheaths of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. They're dying left and right at the gate of Samaria because of hunger. They can't even afford to buy uh, this dove dung and, and, and donkey head, right? And Elisha, the man of God, says tomorrow at this time, write this down in your notes. You've heard me say this before because it's such an important spiritual principle. What a difference a day makes with God, right? What a difference one day makes with God. Friends, there's never a, a situation that's impossible with our Lord and Savior, right? So he says tomorrow, You're not only going to be fed, there's going to be such an abundance that the food's going to be so cheap. You can buy all you want and still have any left over. Well, by the natural, that was impossible. And look at what the natural man said in verse two. So an officer on whose hand the king leaned. Now, this doesn't mean the king was crippled or anything. It means this was the king's right hand man. This was this guy was very high up. In office he was very influential very powerful he he commanded a lot of respect well he answers the man of God you know there's always just like like we tell Christians to speak faith how many of you know Satan always speaks doubt and unbelief right he looked over to the man of God and he says look if the Lord would open the windows it's actually the word floodgates in heaven could this be friends if you're taking notes please write this down there's nothing impossible for God you can write this one down too. God is not bound to the things that men are bound to. That word floodgates, it's actually it's translated in English windows, but it's the name floodgates. We first hear that word in Genesis 7:11. <laughs> I I can't say 7:11 without giggling and thinking slurpy, but uh, right? What happened in Genesis 7:11 with when God opened the floodgates, the windows of heaven, The earth flooded. Noah's flood. God's got some big windows, right? Now I bring that up because Psalms 78:23 and 24, uh, that word translate is translated door, but it says that God opened the same word floodgates in in Psalms. They use the word door, but it was the same thing in heaven uh, to provide manna for the children of Israel for forty years. God's got a lot of things coming out His windows. Malachi 310. God tells us to bring all your tithes into the storehouse. That would be the church house that there may be food in my house. And he says, test me in this. Listen to the only time God challenges us to test him. He says this test and see if I will not open up for you the floodgates or the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing That there will not be enough room enough to receive it when God opens his floodgates when he opens his windows and pours out his blessings man can't contain it all. He'll flood the earth. He'll give you the food. He'll give you the the blessings that you want. But we need to hear and heed and receive the word of God. That's worth the whole sermon right there wouldn't you say praise the Lord. Let's keep going because I'm not done. I'm just getting warmed up. I'm I don't know why but just I didn't get to preach Wednesday. So. I'm, I got like four sermons inside. You guys got any plans today? Okay. We see God's miraculous provision, and we've learned that what a difference one day can make. You may be walking in a spiritual famine today, but friends, by the time you walk out of here, now I'm not saying I'm going to be here all night, but by the time you walk out of here in four hours, you can you can you can be walking and blessing that sound good well let's keep let's keep going here whatever your besiegement in whatever the the enemy is holding you hostage with God will break it today and he's got the miracle for you today let's just let's just go with that so he says even if God were to open the floodgates in heaven uh, how could this thing be friends ag- once again I think I said it before but once again we can't put stops on God. The world does. Because the world looks at the world's ways. But we look at the eye through the eyes of faith to our God. Right. So this guy represented uh, what a lot of people represent. And that is showing a contempt for the word of God. Right. Someone you might work with might be going through something and you give them, you offer them some hope. You give them some word of God and they. <laughs> you know you ever experienced that contempt for the word of God and so that's what this guy represents and look what happens to those who have contempt for the word of God those who shun the word of God Elisha says to him in fact you're going to see it you'll see it happen but you're not going to eat any of the food that is a very powerful line because there will be people who who mock God and not take his word seriously they'll see what's happening but they're not going to get to partake in it. Isn't that sad? So you're not going to be doing that. So verse three. Now here's where the story kind of shifts to outside the gate. And here's where we can make some more personal application. It says now there were this verse three. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. These guys, uh, I believe, speak more to you and I than Elisha or this king's guy. Uh, because remember, leprosy was a picture of sin. It was a picture of death. According to Leviticus 13, they couldn't live in the city. They couldn't live with their families. They had to live in the outskirts. They had to walk around saying unclean. They had to depend upon the charity of people to eat. Now there's a famine. Even the rich people weren't eating. So these guys were really having a hard time, right? And that's kind of a picture of us because of sin. We're leprous. You ever feel like you're sitting on the outsides of the gate? Really, really needing something bad from God? Well, let me ask you this question. We're going to see some great things here. Are you dying or are you dining? Are you dying or are you dining? Are you feeding upon the awesome word of God that he gives us? Are you taking advantages of the things that are offered to help you grow strong in the Lord? Things like fellowship, things like worship. Because one of the two things are happening in your life as a Christian. You're either dying spiritually or you're dining spiritually. Make sense. So here these four guys are. They're in a very bad situation. The people in the city. You think they're in a bad situation. At least they got dubbed dung. These guys have nothing. And so they said to one another. Please underline this in your Bible. This is so important. Why are we sitting here until we die? What are we doing? Why just why are we just sitting here until we die? Here's where we learn some points here. Notice number 1 that there's only one renewable commodity in our world. Any guesses what that is? One non-renewable commodity. Time. Time. You can rebuild a house. You can rebuild a car. Some people rebuild families. They get new spouses. But you can't rebuild time. That's why Paul says renewing the time or making the most of your time. Your Bible probably translates it redeem the time, make the best of it. We can use our time either wisely or foolishly. But why sit here until we die? Our culture says, take it easy, kick back. We have such an entitled culture that it's ruining our world. Okay, I'm going to shake some of you Christians up. You know, Jesus says to follow me. He doesn't say sit back. We're called to action. He says, follow me. See, we, to make a step of faith, have to take a step. That's what four years of Bible college will get you right there, right? right? You see, God doesn't say, I mean, mankind, even in the churches today, mankind, Christians today are saying, let's go, are, are saying, let go, let God. You ever hear that? You ever say that? I mean, you've got that bumper sticker on your car. Don't raise your hand because everyone will be laughing and pointing at you by the time the sermon's over. But you've heard that, right? Let go, let God. You know that's not biblical? <gasps> God says, let's go. We got to make a move. Why sit here until we die? Notice this. God used lepers to heal and to save a whole city. You are not useless to God. They were lepers. They they were the, the bottom of the barrel. You might have someone telling you you don't amount to nothing. You're not qualified for anything. You're not good enough for anything. You fell at everything you do. Friends, let me tell you this. God ain't giving up on you. Don't let people tell you what you can do, what you can't do. Make it sense, right? Take a step of faith. Why sit here until we die? And so they says, check this out. verse four. This is very important. They say, if we enter the, if we enter the city, the famine is in the city. And there we will die. Okay. The question is why sit here till we die. You've got some options when you decide to do something. Very important. They said we can't go back into the city. If you're taking notes please write this down. If you don't need this. The person sitting next to you need this. You can't go back to the past. You can't go back to the past. Some people had good past. You know having a good past. Is just as bad as having a bad past. Some people can't get over the bad things that happened into their life and God's grace will get you through that. But some people are still living in victories. That they won years ago and you can't get any new victories. Friends you can't go back to the past. Does that make sense? They said if we go back into the city we'll die. Look what else he, he's not done. He says now there uh, if we sit here we'll die. This is very important. I kind of made mention of this earlier. Uh. If you just stay where you're at, you're dead. Friends, spiritually speaking, if you don't move and grow with God, you will wither up and die spiritually. How do you know if you're starting to wither up and die spiritually? Well, the first thing you start getting very, very critical of your church, of your pastor. Of other Christians. You're you're dying spiritually. We can't sit here. Because we'll die. Can't go back to the past. Because it's past. We've only got one option. Let's move forward. The enemy's up there. That's right. You know how you get a victory. Through a fight. Now therefore come let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive we'll live. If they kill us well, we're only going to die anyway. Now, not to make light of this by any means, but friends, as a Christian, you can accomplish great things for God if you're not afraid to die. Now, again, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. I'm not. trying anything like that, but heavens our home. So if we have that assurance, why why should we be afraid to do anything? Why should we be afraid to to charge the enemy? Okay, I'm going to get a little. Not crazy here, but this is this freaks some people out. This has made some people mad. Do you know how many of you believe that there is no stronger force than the Holy Spirit in the world? Right? Then why are, why do Christians think Satan has more power and authority on on October 31st than God does? How come Christians don't understand there's a difference between celebrating and approving an activity and evangelizing? why did why are Christians so anxious to say you know Jesus said go into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creatures unless they're trick-or-treaters well I'm getting some looks get your stack of of of, of tracks and your candy and as Paul said redeem the time make the most of every opportunity they're going to walk up to your door. That's an opportunity to tell somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, you can't do that you're worshiping Satan. You have no idea what worshiping Satan. Is. There's a difference between worshiping and evangelizing y'all with me on that y'all still love me y'all quit in the church. Nope. OK because because I've been I've been making people mad the last year. I'm <laughs> looking. But doesn't that make sense? Why why would we give the enemy more power and authority on one day of the year than any other day? Right? Why do we run away from that? Anyway, I can get... Let's keep going. He said, let's go do the enemy. If we die, we die. How many of you know God is waiting to do something big? Check this out. Verse uh, 5. So they arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. They... They they didn't go when the sun was up because they're lepers, they can get in trouble, they had to be able to see, so they just kind of waited through that, that time of twilight. So they'd go to the camp of the Syrians, and when they went to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. If you're taking notes, write this down. Action is always required in order to see a miracle from God. We kind of been talking about taking steps. We've always been talking about that. Action is always required in order to see a miracle from God. The miracle had already happened, the camp was empty but no one ever saw it until they went went out there right and so this is awesome here's why the camp's empty verse 6 for the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noises of horses a uh, the noise of a great army now could this have been the the spiritual horses and chariots of fire that Elisha's uh, guy saw a couple chapters ago Could be, that would be awesome, right? Whatever it was, God allowed them to hear this mighty army coming and God confused them and they started freaking out because look what they said to one another. I'm still in verse six. They said, look, the king of Israel has hired against the king of, look, the king of Israel has hired against us, the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. So they didn't know what was going on. Therefore, verse seven, they arose and they fled at twilight and left the camp camp intact their tents their horses their donkeys and they fled for their lives (laughs) would you put on the overhead please I love this scripture Isaiah 24 18 says this and it shall be that those who flee from the noise of the fear shall fall into the pit why are we so quick to listen to the noise of the enemy and fear but not the noise of God we won't believe the word of God but we'll believe I was almost going to say a, a female politician of the Democrats, but I'm not going to say because uh, I'm a Christian man. You know, I don't stir things up. Those who flee from the noise of the fear shall fall into a pit, and he who comes upon the midst of the pit shall be caught in the snare. For the windows from on high are open. Here we see God's windows again, and the foundations of the earth are shaken. God can not only open his windows to meet your need to bless you, but he can open his windows to take care of your enemy. Isn't that awesome? That's why we don't have to fear. Jesus gave us authority to trample upon the serpents. Right? Okay, Mark, bring in those rattlesnakes. We're going to test faith right now. (laughs) I'm going to do that someday. Just see what you guys do. Just, yeah. They heard this noise. They didn't leave in an orderly fashion like an army should they left their animals they left their equipment they left the food they left all that stuff there all the all of the the cargo that was being shipped into the city that they took control of mountains of food everything's there just like God said and here come these lepers verse eight and when the lepers came to the outskirts of the camp they went into the tent they ate and they drank and they carried from it silver and gold and clothing and they went and they hid them now. I don't know where the lepers were going to hide it, uh, but they came back and they entered another tent and carried some of it also, and they went and they hid it. Now, here's where things are awesome. Oh, on verse 7, I had a note, verse 7. Panic destroys rational thinking and promotes bad decisions. Panic. Why does the enemy want us to operate in fear? Well, fear stops faith, of course. And it makes us do dumb things. Makes us do dumb things. So panic will destroy rational thinking and promote bad decisions. So the, here they're going. They, they're eating. They're full. They've taken some of the stuff. And verse 9, the light goes off in their head and they say to one another, what we're doing is not right. This day is a day of good news. You know what the word good news translates to? Gospel. This is a day of good news, and we remain in silent. Friends, we, as Christians, have been given the good news, and too many of us remain in silent. Well, it's October 31st, we can't tell anybody about it. Today's a day of good news. By keeping silent, what we're doing is not good. If we wait until morning, some punishment will come upon us. Now, therefore, come let us go and tell the king's household. If you're taking notes, you can write down Ezekiel 33 through 35. Very stern warnings about being a watchman. These lepers say, if we don't tell people about about the good news, about the hope, about what can keep them alive here, some punishment will come. Do you know our responsibilities as the watchman on the wall wall, is that if we don't tell the people, we'll be held responsible for them? But if we tell them and they reject it, we've done our job. I said, if we don't tell somebody about this, a great punishment will fall upon us. Put on the overhead, please. Uh, Proverbs twenty-five, twenty-five. It says, as cold water to a weary soul, so is good news from a far country. Friends, we have a very spiritually dry world that desperately needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we get too freaked out about being rejected and we forget about their people who are going to receive. See, very often the worst sinner is not the person who's out doing bad things, but it's the Christian who's not doing anything. There's a sin of commission, which acts that you do. Then there's sins of omission. When you know to do right and you don't do it, to him it is sin. They said, we need to tell somebody verse 10. So they went and they called the gatekeepers. Now, being lepers and living at the gate, they probably knew these guys by name because they've been living there for a long time and, and all this stuff. So they probably knew it. And so they call out to the gatekeeper of the city and they told them saying, we went to the Syrian camp and surprisingly, no one was there. There was not a human sound, only the sound of horses and donkeys that were tied up and their tents were all intact. Everything was there. Just people were gone. And the gatekeeper called out, And they told it to the king's household inside. Now once again. You know this day of good news. Not everybody believes the good news. And so the king says no this is a decoy. This is a trap. Look what he says in verse. Verse 12. So the king arose in the night and said to his servants. Let me now tell you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we are hungry. Therefore they have gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field saying. When they come out of the city they will. They shall catch them alive and get into the city. Now. Actually, that's not a bad thought that that, you know, uh, Joshua did something similar to that to Jericho. I'm not to Jericho To I can't remember what city it was. But anyway, that that you know, that that's a smart military move. And so the king says this could be a trap. So one of his servants said to him in verse 13. Well, hey, please let several men take five of the remaining horses which are left in the city. And look, they may either become like all the multitude of Israel that are left in it. Or indeed, I say they may become like all the multitudes of Israel left from those uh, who are consumed. So let us send them and see. This guy says, you know what? Let's just send a couple of horses and a couple of guys and go check it out. You know, if it's a trap, they'll get us. But if not, we'll get the food. So let's let's check it out. Verse 14. Therefore, they took two chariots with horses and the king sent them in the direction of the Syrian army and said, "Okay, go and see. Verse 15. And they went after them to the Jordan so they not only go to the camp but they go beyond the camp 15 miles to the Jordan River but they didn't find any people all they found was the garments and weapons which the Syrians had thrown away in their haste you know they were so scared and they were running so fast that that they were even dropping their weapons and the clothing out that they were wearing stuff to help them leave and so the messengers returned and told the king And then the people went out and plundered the tents of the Syrians so that a sink of fine flour was sold for a shekel. Did we not hear the man of God say that? And two sheets of barley for a shekel. Underline this. According to the word of the Lord. Friends, please remember this. The main lesson here isn't that God rescued his people. Because they didn't deserve it. The lesson here is that God fulfilled his promise that he gave through Elisha. God will keep his word. For the overhead, please, Matthew 24 35, powerful, powerful verse. Jesus says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will by no means pass away. Friends, we can build our lives, our trust, our hopes, our dreams, our families, our businesses. Our lives on the word of God, Amen? Just as the word of the Lord, verse 17. Now the king had appointed the officers whose hand he had leaned on. This is his right hand man again to have charge of the gate. So they're setting things up so that it would be orderly and all this stuff. But in such a panic, they weren't able to keep order. So it says here that the people trampled him at the gate and he died just as the man of God had said. Who spoke to them when the king came to him? This is the guy that said, Even if God opened the windows of heaven, this will never, ever happen. And just as Elisha said, It'll happen, and you'll see it, but you ain't going to get none of the food. What God said happened, happened. Verse 18 So it happened just as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, Two sheets of barley for a shekel, and a sheaf of fine flour for a shekel, uh, shall be sold tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria. Then that officer had answered the man of God and said now look if God if the Lord would make the windows of heaven could such a thing be and he had said in fact you shall see it with your eyes but you shall not eat of it and so it happened to him for the people trampled him in the gate and he died. Let me ask a couple questions and then we're going to read the first six verses of chapter eight. We've already recovered them so we'll just read them but uh, a couple quick things. As we move into chapter eight, the first one is my question to you is, are you sitting back or are you stepping out? Are you sitting back or are you stepping out? Why sit here until we die? Friends, seriously, 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 if you feel like you're slowly choking to death in your spiritual life, you need to get up and do something. Second one is, are you doubting and dying or are you dining on the good things of God? Thirdly, this is very important. Like the lepers, are you gorging yourself or are you giving to bless others? See, the thing with God is this. We're not only to be blessed by the things and the blessings of God, but we are to be a blessing through which God flows through. Are you gorging or are you giving? Amen? Those are the questions. Now, as we close up here, We're going to read chapter eight verses one through six. We already covered them when we looked at chapter six, but this just kind of ties it all up together. Kind of the end of this famine is broken says in verse one, then Elisha spoke to the woman whose son he had restored to life saying arise and go you and your household and stay wherever you can for the Lord has called for a famine and furthermore it, it will come upon the land for seven years. So the woman arose and did according to the saying of the man of God and she went with her household and dwelt in the land of the Philistines for seven years and it came to pass at the end of seven years that the woman returned from the land of the Philistines and she went to make her appeal to the king for her house and for her land Uh, because of things that happened through the seven years she was gone the land reverted back to the king she's now back in the land the famine is over and she's going through the natural process to get get her land back. Uh, Has her husband deceased in this seven years? We don't really know because he's not in the story. But uh, anyway, that's what's happening. Verse four. And the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, tell me, please, all the great things that Elisha had done. Elisha, this powerful prophet of God. The king says, tell me more about this man of God and, and the miracles and the things. Tell me. Verse five. Now it just so happened. <laughs> With God, nothing just so happens. For the overhead, please, Trudy, put Romans eight twenty-eight, famous verse of Scripture. We all know, we all quote, we probably haven't memorized, and we know that all things, not just some of the things, all things work together for good for those who love God, and who are called according to His purpose. Right. Seven years before this situation, this lady's son died. She called for the man of God. The man of God came. And through prayer, through seeking God, the boy was raised to life. It was a horrible day in that lady's life. She never gave up hope. She never turned her back on God. God restored her son. And check out what happens. Now, it just so happens as he was telling the king how he had restored the dead to life. This boy who has now walked into the king's court with his mom. They just happened to be telling the story of the boy who died and God brought back to life. There he was with the woman whose son had restored to life, appealing to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, This is the woman. And this is the boy who was dead. Whom whom had restored back to life. It just so happens. Here he is. And when the king asked the woman she told him. So the king appointed a certain officer for her saying restore all that was hers. And all the proceeds of the field from that day. And she left the land. The land until now. Because. Gehazi happened to be there just happened to be there just happened to be telling the story of this boy the boy walks in and everything the woman had lost is restored to her friends sometimes God allows us to go through very troubling things things that are not pleasant things that we wish we weren't going through but friends can I just tell you based on the authority of God's word not on Clay's word on God's word we can trust God for all things. God's got it under control. You got a famine going on in your life. God will use that for something. God may be using that famine for you to get up and do something to bless someone else like the four lepers saved that city, right? God's got you under control. God can handle it. We just need to stay firm and focused on him. Does that make sense? You guys learn anything today? All right, going to come back. Okay. Praise the Lord. Worship team, join me up here. Let's stand. Let's close our Bible study today. Got to check all my notes, make sure I said everything. I said everything and then some. I <laughs> Tend to do that. We're going to uh, open the altars for prayer right now. If you've never studied with us, uh, we're just going through the Bible. Chronologically the way we have it and and we ask the Lord to allow us to glean truths from it. And then we pray and we ask God to make a personal application of his word to our life. Friends, there's a lot of application in in both those situations we looked at today, the lepers in the city and and the woman and her son restoring back her life. The the one key element in both of those is God restoring what the enemy had taken. Right? And Maybe the enemy has stolen something from you. Maybe you feel like you're under a besiegement from the enemy. Like he's quietly but surely trying to choke you out. Before I pray and open the altars, I just want to say this. Why sit there until you die? Today's the day to make a a move. Today's the day to step out in faith. Today's the day to trust God. To open his windows in heaven and to pour out what you need. Your need might be a physical touch. Your need might be a financial need. Your need might be uh, uh, spiritual, emotional. It could be anything. But friends, God is there. And he's the one who can meet your need. Amen. Pray with me, please. Father in heaven, we thank you for your awesome, awesome word. Lord, thank you for loving us so much, God, that you are willing to open the floodgates of heaven to pour out what we need and then some. Father, would you help all of us to trust you like Romans eight twenty eight tells us to? Father, would you help us in whatever we're going through? Lord, I know that With a crowd this size, there could be so much going on that I I have no idea about. But, Lord, I know you are the answer to every need. So whatever that need would be today, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would meet that need. I ask that today, in the name of Jesus, you would break down those walls, that you would break those chains. Father, that you would break addictions. Lord, that you would give direction. Father, I pray that today, mighty God, that you would move in a powerful, powerful way. And, Lord, just like you sent the noise to Cause the the enemy to flee Lord let let the noise of our praise and worship run the devil off Father thank you for your goodness before we open the altars I want to just address you one more time the greatest need the greatest besiegement we have